Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Hello. Hi. Can I tell you a story about me being a total idiot? I doubt that that's true, but yes. Oh, just wait for it. So, okay, you know how sometimes you say stupid things like you're about to get on a flight and the person, or like you just got to the airport and the person gives you your boarding pass and says, have a good flight, and you say, you too. Yeah, 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 sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't, my brain just wasn't working yesterday, apparently. So there are two things. One is very minor. I was talking to somebody on the phone and instead of saying like, have a good day at the end, I was like, have a good morning. Like, I only want you to have a good morning, not the rest of your day. Not a big deal. Then, later in the day, I went to Main Street Market to get my salad from Fresh Junkie like I do almost every day. And there is another lobbyist who I've seen in there a few times. He's probably like our dad's age. And um, we've like nodded to each other a few times. But yesterday we like walked past each other and he said hello so I was like oh hey and I knew who it was but I didn't think he knew who I was so I was just like oh hey you know how are you he's like good good how have you been I said good and then he said um is Gary in today and I don't know what Gary so I said hmm like acting like I just didn't hear him and he repeated is Gary in today and instead of you know, saying who I actually am and the fact that I don't know anyone named Gary. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, um, no, it was good to see you, though, and (laughs) and patted him on the shoulder and walked away. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) I mean, technically, you didn't lie. Technically, Gary was not in at my office. Correct. But I have no idea who he thinks I am. And now <laughs> I can never set foot in Main Street Market again in That's case I true. see him. That's not true. Um, yeah, I don't know. To t- I mean, if you see him again, just, hey, how are you? And mm-hmm. Yeah. And then whenever he says, Gary, you should be like, do you mean David? And put it back on him. Yeah, no. Th- and that's what I should have done. <laughs> but. And then when he says, no, Gary, so-and-so. And you're like, oh, no, I actually work. Absolutely. And thank you for that. I do actually know how to be a normal human being. <laughs> what? It was just that yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. Your I brain. didn't have that ability. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, no. Good to see you, though. What's amusing, though, is that not amusing, but just to make you feel a little bit better. I don't think that he probably won't even remember that conversation. Yeah. So if you do see him again, I wouldn't worry about it. Like, there's no reason to have... Anxiety, anxiety. Over and it. I don't because yeah. I just thought it was really funny it that funny. I just, just was like okay <laughs> like what <laughs> and I know that like when I like patted him on the shoulder and started walking away he had this like blank look on his face like what just happened and I was just like mm, I just gotta keep going <laughs> I mean I've done stuff like that I know before. I know the worst is when you actually touch them or like you do a hand something <laughs> I always find that's when I feel but like I've been I, I've done stuff like that before and I remember walking away being like I just want to 
die. <laughs> like I would like to be, is there a hole nearby that I could crawl in and just pretend like I don't exist for the next two minutes? Why are we sometimes such awkward and strange humans? I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> yesterday I was <laughs> just all day apparently. That's really funny. Yeah. Anyway, thought you would enjoy that. Because I, I did. I did. I That's like great. to laugh at myself. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Do you have anything to chat about with me? Any ridiculous stories or shall we jump I don't have ridiculous stories, but um, this will air way after the fact. But we, my sister and I leave on Monday to go to Nantucket. Yay! Yeah. And you're there from Monday until... We'll come back Saturday. Saturday. But we're only really in Nantucket. For two and a half days, so right with but travel, still. yeah, because we'll fly in. We changed our flight to Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. so we don't get in until like eleven into Boston. So we'll stay in Boston, and then in the morning, we'll drive to Cape Cod, and we're staying in Cape Cod that day and night, and then take the ferry the next morning to Nantucket, and we'll be there on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday until like midday, and then we need to get back to Cape Cod and then get our car and drive back, back to Boston because we have a flight like super early on Saturday morning. You're going to send me pictures constantly, oh, right? For sure. Okay. Thank yes, you. Thank yes. you. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like I, this would be, I don't think that she and I have ever like taken a trip by ourselves. Oh, well that'll be fun then. Yeah. I don't think, I can't remember. Not, if we did, it wasn't anything, like, we didn't fly somewhere together alone and have a trip so this this will be nice sister and sister yeah oh my god that reminds me this is so random and Mm. so strange but do you remember tia and tamara lowry mallory no it's lowry is it it was mallory Mallory. well whatever whatever their last name is Mm -hmm. remember how they had a little brother yeah taj Taj. Mm -hmm. so (laughs) there were some photos released recently from um john legend and chrissy teigen's house and in one of the photos, their little boy looks just like Taj really? the Lowry new, or the, Mallory. The newest little boy or the older little boy? The older one. Okay. But I like looked at the picture and I was like, what is happening in the universe? <laughs> it was so strange. That's I'll have to pull it up and show it yeah. to you. Anyway. Random connections. Okay. Books. Whose turn is it? I don't know. You All right. Go? I'm going to go first because okay, mine go. has first in the title. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so I read The First Ladies by Marie Benedict and Victoria Christopher Murray. Have you seen this one around? Okay. It's a historical fiction. Um, and it's about, actually, I'm considering it a cozy historical because, you know, I'm always trying to find reasons sure. to add cozy into any genre. Um, but... At its heart, it's about like a friendship between these two women who happen to be really famous. Um, And so it just felt very cozy, like I was just getting a glimpse into their lives and their friendship. But it's about um, Eleanor Roosevelt, who I think we all know as a former first lady of the United States, and Mary McLeod Bethune. Have you ever heard of her? Mm -mm, Okay, I hadn't either. And they were actually friends in real life? They were actually friends in real life. So she was considered, I think in the book they called her the first lady of the struggle. So this was right around the time of like the civil rights movement. And um, she was kind of at the forefront of a lot of it. And 
it's kind of upsetting that like we've never heard of her when Mm-mm. she was so influential during all of that. And so was Eleanor Roosevelt, which I knew that Eleanor Roosevelt was influential like in the women's movement. Mm-hmm. I knew that she was kind of a badass in general. There's like a lot of quotes that, you know, yeah, we know sure. by Eleanor Roosevelt, but I didn't know that she was um, so active in the civil rights movement. So can I interrupt you? Yeah. Roosevelt or Roosevelt? What am I saying? You're saying Roosevelt. Well, I, I, I'm just curious. Like, I guess I've always pronounced. Pronounced it Roosevelt? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what's accurate. Hold on. Eleanor Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, and FDR. <laughs> Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I don't know. I believe it's Roosevelt. I, and I could well, totally be wrong. The thing is, I say, no, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, continue. I'm going to just keep saying it however it comes out of my mouth. Okay, that's and then fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Whatever the correct Sorry. way is. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, that was a valid <laughs> question that I don't have an answer to. Um, I mean, it is spelled Roosevelt, but whatever. Anyway, I'm moving on. So, where was I? <laughs> So it spans like many years. It starts um, before, I'm just going to say FDR, so I don't have to say his full name, Um, but it starts before he's in any major office. And then in the book, like he becomes governor and then he becomes president. And so we we get to see a lot of um, time span. And so just to tell you a little bit more about Mary McLeod Bethune, which in the book they say Bethune and Bethune, depending on who's talking. <laughs> or maybe it depends on the narrator. I don't know, because there's two narrators. Okay. There's one narrator for Eleanor and one for Mary. Um, so she helped found a university for black um, students. Okay. She was very instrumental in like making sure that black kids in general were just taken care of. She helped a lot of other black people like start businesses and like she would go to the city council and fight for them and say no this my friend needs this business to be on main street i don't care that you say only white people can have businesses here like this is what we're doing and like she she got stuff done like it was really impressive and so the two of them met at um like a a ladies function and um eleanor and her mother-in-law were hosting it and mary mcleod bethune came And um, that's when they initially met and they just kind of became friends. And then over the years, they grew closer and they exchanged letters and then they would visit each other. And like Mary would um, like she went to the White House a few times and Eleanor went down to Florida where Mary was from a bunch. And I don't know, I just I felt like I learned a lot, especially since I didn't know who Mary was at all. I've honestly never her name yeah sad if she was that influential exactly that's what i'm saying history especially during that time i thought it was really well done like i said i learned a lot it was a lot about friendship civil rights women's rights um and then as a nerd i really as a political nerd i really enjoyed reading about kind of like the shift that happened with republicans and democrats at that time because like you know 
Lincoln's Republicans are very different from today's Republicans. And at some point yeah. there was like a crossover. Sure. And this was when it happened. It happened under FDR. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So it was really fascinating to read about. I liked it a lot. I, I learned a lot. I enjoyed the book. I thought it was well done. What else could you ask for? Right? <laughs> I know. Exactly. The well, end. Well, my book's very different. Um, it's called The Wishing Game by Meg Schaefer. It was... Have you seen this? I don't know. It was published um, in May of this year. Okay. So it is about a kind of a eccentric, reclusive, best-selling author. Um, he writes children, not children's books. He's a beloved children's book author. His name is Jack Masterson. Um, and he writes a series called The Clock Island Books. And there's a ton of them. Wait. Maybe I have read this. Well, you'll have to keep telling me and then okay. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. So um, in present, the present day in the book, Jack has gone off the scene. He hasn't written anything new in about five or six years. And it's, it, there's some mysterious circumstance that we don't know of what why he stopped writing. Um, and we do find that out later. Um so Jack is just like this really sweet. Stop. Is this YA? Probably. I don't know. No. No. Okay. The book no. I'm thinking of. I don't think so. Is YA. So Jack is this just really sweet, nice, kind, middle-aged man. When we see like the flashback, whenever he was in his heyday and writing, and he really never. Um, he was not a person that was super in the public eye ever because he his character in the book was called the mastermind jack masterson uh, um and so in in his world um he he said you never let the magic die mm. so this is definitely a different book by okay. the way so kids kind of thought of him as the mastermind in the book even though obviously he's not right um Wait, i'm sorry because there's no magic or no there's always magic okay Whew, okay um this book is not technically magic sure magic um genre or whatever there's no real magic it's not yeah yeah i got you there is realism there or is like really magic yes but this book doesn't have correct it. Yes. got it yes yes um so throughout the years of him writing, he receives letters from children all around the world. And he actually purchased an island that he then legally named Clock Island. So it's like this whole oh, wow. thing. He's kind of a Willy Wonka type personality. I thought you were about to tell me that he purchased an island where he brings kids and that was going to be a very oh, no, different no, no. book. I'm sorry. No. Again, why does yes, my mind go to these places? Jamie, I don't know. Um, no, nothing, nothing nefarious or creepy or weird like that. Good. Um, so he he lives on this island, and it's I mean he lives on it by, basically by himself, um, and he gets letters from around the world from children who write to the mastermind sure. at Clock Island. Um, and unfortunately, some of the letters that he receives are from children who are neglected or abused and who are asking him if they can come live with him. Aww. It's really sad. And because he is just so full of heart, sometimes he'll be like, one day when you're larger, you know, when you're bigger, you can come be my sidekick. And he like says all this stuff. And so every once in a while, children will randomly show up on Clock Island thinking that they can live with him. Oh, gosh. 
Um, so he gets himself into a few situations where, like, you know, it, it's a little sad. Um, and he always has to, like, call the cops to, you know, it's like a thing. But he yeah. gets so, so, okay, so let me start. So the main character is Lucy Hart. And Lucy was one of the children who was writing to Jack. He told her, you could be my sidekick and you can live on Clock Island. And, like, so she lives in the area because I think it's, like, Maine or whatever. Um, and she... Gets on a ferry, gets to Clock Island. No one lives on the island but him. And at the time, the illustrator of his books who won a contest years ago also lives on the island with him. Um, And so she shows up, knocks on the door. (laughs) Jack answers. She's like shocked that he answers. She's thinking he's going to have like servants and like all this (laughs) stuff. But it's literally just this like middle-aged man on an island. Um, and instead of being like, what are you doing here? You don't break the magic. So she says, hi, Jack, I'm Lucy. I'm here, you know, to be your sidekick. And he says, oh, my gosh, Lucy, I was waiting for you. Oh. Why don't you come in? And, you know, he serves her tea and cookies and they chit-chat and, you know, talk about her letters. And he says, I'm going to leave you here with Hugo, who's the illustrator, uh-huh. and I'll be right back. And he goes and, of course, calls oh. child services and calls the police. And, it's you heartbreaking. Know. Yeah. So um, in the time, she's 13 at the time, um, she has to sit with Hugo, who is this, like, grumpy Englishman. And at the time, he's 21, and he looks like a punk rocker, but he's, like, this artist, and he has tattoos all over the place. And um, he's just generally, like, kind of a honorary kind of guy. Um, but he shows her, like, how to draw, like, a scene, and they chit-chat, and he basically tells her, like, how stupid it is and how not smart it was for her as a child to, like, try to get here oh and gosh. all this stuff. Um, so she has had this experience, right? Um, She doesn't tell anyone that she's had this experience. She's had a really rough upbringing. She had a sister who was sick all the time, and her parents um, really did not fool with her, and she had to go live with her grandparents, um, and she always felt like she was really unloved and that nobody cared about her. Um, Her grandparents cared about her, but they have since passed away. She's, I don't know, probably in her mid-20s. She's 26, that's right. Her life did not really pan out the way she thought it was going to. Um, she had a relationship with a professor in college. He was like a, also a very well-known author, big narcissistic, like narcissist. He's a jerk. Um, that situation. <laughs> if they're going to sleep with you yeah. and you're a student, yeah. they probably are a narcissistic right. jerk. <laughs> um, that situation ended very badly and she moved to LA to get away from him. Okay. So she's been living in LA for a few years. She's a teacher's aide because she doesn't have like teaching credentials. She graduated in, I don't know, maybe English or like art history and she didn't really know what she wanted to do. Um, And when she started at the school, she met a little boy named Christopher and Christopher's parents recently um, passed away. They were drug addicts. They both OD'd. He found Mm. them. Oh gosh. He's had a lot of like you know, abandonment issues. He's been passed around foster care. She really wants to foster him, but she doesn't have the means to do so. Um, she wants to to adopt him, but mm-hmm. she can't, basically. She doesn't meet any other requirements. She lives with, like, three roommates that are in college. And, oh, wow. Yeah. So she keeps that job so that she can see him, even though she doesn't make a lot of money. The one thing I did not particularly like about it was that she tells him – over and over again, 
that like she's trying to adopt him and they're going to be a family and like he like that's not necessarily going to happen and realistically yeah you probably shouldn't tell a kid that no and he's like six and it's just really yeah so all of a sudden jack masterson the mastermind somehow comes back online like he kind of comes back into the world and very much like willy wonka he says he's creating a competition and you would be involved with the competition if you can answer this riddle and i can't remember the riddle (laughs) which is really frustrating but only only children who he has personally told this riddle to will know the answer so the people so the kids who had showed up to clock island in the past so if you know the answer you receive this blue stationary letter that's his personal stationary in the mail and you're invited to Clock Island to compete in this competition. And after the competition, you will receive the new book that he's written to do with as you please. Huh. Okay? All right. So Lucy is one of those children. And so she hears about this in the news. And she tells um, Christopher, I know the answer. And then she gets a letter inviting her. So I'm not going to go into anything else, but basically she becomes part of this competition and it's all, he's very like riddle, like he talks in riddles and you, it's, um, it's really interesting. Like the games are interesting. They're all riddles and it's like scavenger hunt type stuff on the island. Is, I mean, it sounds really interesting. Are the, are the riddles, cause like I've read some books, you know, with similar themes and ideas and the riddles are like so easy to solve and ridiculous. And it's like, okay, are they... I mean, I didn't know what was going on. Okay. All right. Cool. No. I like it. Like one was like, what, what, what is the, I don't remember the riddle of the one that they should know, but it was something like something with a raven and a writing desk and something about flying. And whenever they went there, he, I don't know if I should tell, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but he basically throws out a writing desk out the window, but he has a special mechanism that he created. So the writing desk flies. And at first, the kids are like, oh my gosh, it's magic. And then he explains that like he created this writing desk and it like flies and it can go wherever he wants on the island with him. And so the thing, <laughs> the, the writing desk, what the writing desk and the raven have in common is they both can fly. But like you wouldn't know that if you weren't there and he didn't show you. Right. That's basically what the riddle is. So it's stuff like that, random, that like you kind of have to know from his novels. Like it's a lot. He pulls things from all of his novels. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would, we wouldn't know what the riddles mean because we haven't read these fictional books. Gotcha. Okay. So you have to have that prior knowledge. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking there's a, a very popular series um, that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll put it in show notes. But it's more of a YA series, not okay. the one I was thinking of earlier. Okay. I think there's three books in the series and it's like these teenagers have to solve clues to... I don't know, find their grandfather's fortune or something like that. It's like the clues are so simple Mm -hmm. that, and I mean, I know it's a YA and it's for teenagers. It's not for adults, but I was just kind of like, yeah, these have a a little bit of a dark subject matter here and there. Like when it's talked about, um, there is a little bit of romance. Um, I really, really liked the book. I liked the premise. I did not love Lucy. Oh, that's a bummer. It is, because I think she's supposed to be really likable, but, okay, I'm not. Her life was really hard, but it's like that's all that she harped on instead yeah. of like anything positive. 
And yeah, it was just talked bummer. about. And she just was a little overly emotional at all times. Like everything offended her. Everything. It was just kind of, I don't know. And I know that she was 26, but it's kind of like if you're going to take care of a child who has traumatic issues that they've gone through and you've also gone through it's like I don't feel like she was done I don't think that she did the work on herself that she would need to emotionally take care of a child that had issues like that right um and so that I didn't love that her character wasn't I don't know at a better place but then you know you're not I mean people aren't they're at all different stages so I, I don't know I don't I don't know but I think she came off I don't want to say that because she had a lot going on. She came <laughs> off kind of whiny. Yeah. Well. I don't know. That, she just wasn't my favorite character. Just not for you. I really liked Hugo. I really liked Jack. And Christopher was great. Cool. Well, it sounds like an interesting yeah, book. it was. It sounds like a fun read. Yeah, it was. It felt very whimsical. Yeah. Yeah. Whimsical, but still kind of dark. It was a little, yeah, the, just because of the heavy situations with a lot of the children yeah, that wrote to him. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, tell me about this uh, warm fruit juice that I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, there's really no description on it. It's called. This is from Vices and Spices from around the world that I got in um, Santa Barbara when we went in June. It's called Totally Bitchin' Berry, <laughs> and I really only got it because of the name. Yeah. They didn't have like a ton of different type of options. It was kind of like your basic tea, loose, sure. loose leaf teas. Um, and I just got it on the name alone because I'm really not a berry tea drinker. Right. Um, yeah, it tastes like warm grape juice or something. Warm fruit juice. Warm like medicine strawberry juice. and cherry. Yeah, it's not horrible, <laughs> but No, it's not. It's really not horrible. It's just it's very red, like the color of the tea is yeah. Straight up red. I think it would taste much better if it was cold. Yeah, and we probably should have iced this down and it would have been fine, but it's raspberry. Raspberry. That's what I'm tasting. It's a very raspberry forward flavor. Yeah, th- I guess that is. It tastes what I'm like getting. like a yeah, like if you put ice in it and maybe added um, like Sprite or something, it would taste like one of those like spritzer type mm-hmm. drinks. You know what I mean? Like it's very much. Well, I still have a whole mug of mine, so I might go put it over ice and. I bet it would be much better. Yeah, we'll try it out that way. But yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers.